0: It is a podcast as contemplative as a Rod Serling story and as intentional as a Jordan Peele production. It is the middle ground between movies and television, between comedy and horror. And it lies between the pit of a man's expectations and the summit of his excitement. This is the dimension of discussion. It is an area which we call quality check podcast. film fans what was that (laughs) a brand new episode (laughs) of quality check podcast i'm one of your hosts daniel posey stuck in the twilight zone oh okay and joining me in the twilight zone drew douglas good morning good morning how are you feeling today this morning i feel great why am i not supposed to well you were just repeating yourself and i'm just double checking that
1: my new catchphrase i've been working on i've been testing it out
0: I'm working on my catchphrase as well, and it's where I just sound like a tornado siren going off all the time. Because you're stuck in the Twilight Zone. Ooh! If you can't tell, film and TV fans, we are going to be covering the ultimate series, The Twilight Zone. We have been actually stuck a little bit in this whole TV show uh, loop, if you will. We're in um, TV purgatory. But it's a good thing, though, right? I think. I'm okay with it, yeah. Yeah. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We will be doing a deep dive into the brand new season, CBS All Access' reboot of The Twilight Zone, season two. We've got 10 new episodes. They dropped all at once, all on one day, whereas the first season, we had to wait week to week. Mm, big, bold move. By CBS. Thanks a lot. We will be getting into... Those episodes in a very unique way because this episode of Quality Check Podcast, we are going to do a grab bag, if you will, in which we will ask each other questions about season two and overall this reboot of the Twilight Zone and what we think about those episodes. But first off, we're, we will talk about our overall thoughts, then we will get into those questions, we'll rank these episodes, and then we'll talk about As you said, a bold move by CBS, but instead it's a bold move by the Twilight Zone creators to do a sequel episode. And then finally, we will talk about Easter eggs. Did you notice a lot of Easter eggs? I noticed a lot of reoccurring things. And I noticed the word dingle. I've seen this season once, all the way through, start to finish, six and a half hours, one sitting. How did you watch this season?
1: Over maybe two days. A lot of binging in one day, three to four episodes.
0: We'll talk about the the binge-worthiness of this. Let's get into our overall thoughts about season two. It could be spoilery. Not bad. I respect that they, I think, listen
1: to people's complaints about episodes being too on the nose politically or whatever whatever their um, angle was for an episode last season. And... I think they toned down on some of the language. If you looked at the reviews on Amazon, like people rip season one for that because it wasn't their Twilight Zone, like what they remember. So, I feel like they actually listened to some of the things people had to say um, in in, in that regard. I, I will say as much as we ripped on season one for being too on the nose too frequently, I after watching season two, came to respect season one more and wish we had gotten more of that. Mm. I wish season two had a little more bite to it.
0: Interesting.
1: It's more traditional,
0: but that doesn't always mean it's better. You think that it could have been more savage, maybe? I just think, n- unless I'm missing something with a lot of these
1: episodes, there's not. they're not really hammering a message in. Because you and I talked about the Jordan Peele episode that he wrote in season two. And I brought up something that may or may not be there. It's pretty deep under the surface in terms of what his message is. I wish we got more subtle um, messages in these episodes rather than just being straightforward. Because I think you can do what you do in season one, but make it less on the nose. And sure. that would ease a lot of the blow for uh, these episodes for people And when you're not hammering some idea in. So I wish we long story short, I'm I'm rambling. I wish we (laughs) had more like, I feel like I wish these episodes had more to say is what I'm trying to get at.
0: That's an interesting way of seeing it because for the most part, I mean, I agree with everything that you ended up saying, but I also did not necessarily think that it suffered for any type of Lack of of driving any point home, and it it is very traditional. A lot of these episodes that are in season two, actually, I would say almost every single episode in that regard is seems like it's a more traditional Twilight Zone episode, but which isn't bad. No, I that's a good thing when the episodes are really good.
1: Mm-hmm. And these episodes, I don't think are really good.
0: I would say that for season two, I strong liked it. I ca- I can't quite say that I. Full-fledged loved it, but I have thought about a lot of these episodes after watching them. But you, on the other hand, you haven't really thought too much about these episodes? No, not really. I think
1: the highs of season one are better than the highs of season two. And I think the lows of season one are lower than season two. There's more episodes in season one I can say that I loved over anything in season two
0: without really revealing too much. Is there something particularly from season one that stands out as like the peak of what made season one good Like or, an episode? Yeah, it could be an episode or it could be a moment or something that you're like, wow, this was just very strong.
1: I mean, I think the back half of season one is really strong. And I really love blue scorpion. That's, oh, that's one it. I still think about. And then I go back and think about how they redid nightmare And think about The Comedian, which were the first two. And The Comedian was too long, but I still admire that one. It was shot really well. Kumail's really good. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, just something about season one. And it could just be too that after all these years, we finally got a new version of Twilight Zone. And that's why season one is more memorable in that regard.
0: I will say that if we were to switch season two and one, I wonder what that would have been like. Like if this season... We got last year, and last year we got those episodes this year. I kind of wonder if that happened, that the show wouldn't be renewed. And we don't know right now if there will be a season three of The Twilight Zone. But we will be speaking about season three later on in our grab bag questions. But... Yeah, season
1: two, I feel like season two would be what you would have expected when this first came.
0: Yeah, exactly. Came around. And I did read something very interesting in which the writers and executive producers of this season didn't want to remake any episodes. They were very specific about not returning to that ground in which we got that in season one with Nightmare. And this season, we didn't have any episodes that returned in that fashion, but it returned to season one to a few settings and we'll cover that all in this episode of quality check but my my big thing that that i'll say this season makes me want to return to season one and rewatch those episodes and after finishing season one i was very much so on the fence on if i would return and watch or rewatch any of those episodes but now i do want to go back do you feel the same way have you returned to them Season one. Episodes.
1: I haven't yet. My concern is um, having to pay to continue paying for CBS All Access.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we both ended up getting a free month. Of now I CBS. got a free
1: week. Oh, I, actually, I only got the week, so I've had to pay this this remaining part. Oh,
0: is it like a week or a week by week, or is no, it a month? It's a month. I had okay. to pay a month. But you're done after the month, then. We'll find out in our <laughs> questions. But I think I just uh, basically gave that away. Ooh. Well, let's go ahead and get into the grab bag questions. And we have 15 questions oh. overall. Heads up, spoilers ahead. Drew, why don't you go ahead and kick us off by drawing from our, we've got a CBS cup. We, we do. It's for Survivor though. Yeah, it's a Survivor cup. We, we're we hoping that CBS will hear this and we'll end up getting some free episodes. We didn't get any no, screeners. They're on my crap list right now. Oh, <laughs> I got a lot to say about that.
1: Uh, Question numero one, you can start favorite narrator introduction.
0: We are talking about this literally right before we started recording. And I'm going to have to go with episode three, The Who of You. And the reason why I'm picking this as my favorite introduction is because Jordan Peele seems to be sitting there on set on location while the main character of that episode is arrested. The, the officers have him pinned to the ground and they're arresting him. They're cuffing him. The camera pans and we hear the narration of Jordan Peele and he's there in the environment of this bank and he's sitting down and he's delivering this introduction and I just love how that shot. I love how he's worked into the setting. And I love that he's there. So much of season two, it feels as if he's green screened in or he's not present. And to me that's very took... noticeable. But Rod Serling did that a lot in the original episodes where he wasn't there on location. But maybe it's this precedence that they set in season one of him being on each, like in each episode, but he was there on the location or on the set. So I was just expecting that, but like you said, it was noticeable.
1: If he feels um, ha- more hands off, like he mm-hmm. he got it going, and then he's like, "Do with you, do what
0: you will." Especially with the writing and the directing, and there are certain things that I know that he did have a part in. Also, some of the the intros and outros he did specifically write. Then I wouldn't be surprised if he wrote or rewrote a lot of those intros and outros, but. For the Who of You, the intro goes like this. Meet Harry Pine. Up until now, he's failed to realize that he's not the center of the world. But as you can see, he's also not entirely himself at the moment. Harry's mind is an uninvited guest and an unfamiliar body. He's about to go on a journey of self-discovery, the kind that's only possible here in the Twilight Zone.
1: Was I supposed to write mine down?
0: Not necessarily.
1: I might say that one as well, actually.
0: You're picking that. Is it because of the like Peel
1: being there on set? What's interesting is I noticed him not on set several times, but I I can't specifically pinpoint exactly which episodes.
0: I remember I really started to notice in the ovation. Ovation, yeah. That came to mind as well. They
1: still do a really good job of getting it done.
0: Oh, yeah. You can just tell he's not there in a lot of these. I guess I'm looking for a lot of tradition with Twilight Zone, but it also being its own thing. It's a very fine line the show has to walk. And I think that it did it pretty well in the season. All right. Well, I will go for question number two. Oh, geez. This is a huge one. That's what she said. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Could any episode of this season pass as an original Twilight Zone episode? And then there's a second part of this. Do any rank among the best episodes of the entire Twilight Zone series?
1: No. Oh. Absolutely not. And by the way, I, I, I've looked it up. AV Club is the one that wrote something about season two being a mixed bag, but there is a legendary <sighs> episode, which was the very last episode of the season.
0: I, you know, I, I'm going to have to disagree about that last episode being a masterpiece. We will talk about that in depth here. Uh, Yeah, you and I come from two different angles on that last episode. And I really want to hear what you have to say about it. Honestly, I think that as we have been hitting over the head like season one, this (laughs) season is a traditional Twilight Zone, I I feel. Um, And honestly, there are a few that I think could end up ranking in the top of my favorite stories for the Twilight Zone series. Not just of this reboot, but of all. And I don't know if it's like I'm in the honeymoon phase and I really like this on um, first watch. I'm curious what will happen with time.
1: Well, which ones do you, would you think are among the best of the entire series?
0: That are in season one? I would say- Or is it a spoiler alert? Um- Because we will be ranking
1: and talking about our favorite and least favorite.
0: Yeah, let me, I think that will be covered in my top three favorite episodes and we'll get to that when we rank them and I won't reveal yet. So I I will bring this up again whenever we get to our rankings because it is a spoiler. Question number three, best episode. Now keep in mind, this doesn't necessarily mean this ranks as our number one. This could be what would be like in quality and all of this. And I will go ahead and say that the best episode for the writing, for making walking this tightrope of traditional and new and shots and, and writing and acting and all the above, I'm going to have to say downtime. Episode two is the best. Now I, I will say that is not my favorite of this. But, but you think that's the best one of season 2? I've been I've been thinking more and more about this and I kind of wonder if that would be And once again, I don't know if it's kind of rose-colored glasses that I have because Jordan Peele actually wrote that episode. So I mean, it's not a bad episode. It's just not the one I expect
1: you to say. I have something written down but I'm I'm wondering if I should change it. <laughs>
0: And it's that taking the idea of all the ingredients of what makes a Twilight Zone. And yeah,
1: you kind of you you said it in a way that I I'm starting to have doubts. Oh. Because I have my my I have my favorite set, That's, but is it the best one?
0: I and I was thinking about that because my favorite isn't, in my opinion, the best if we're looking at it, but it happened to be my favorite because hmm. it hit all the feels for me
1: honestly i'm leaning towards saying the who of you as the best episode of the season yeah, that's and it good. kind of goes back to a, an old episode where a character was put into i guess the body of a black man mm. and he was learning that oh racism isn't good mm-hmm. they don't go that angle in this one it's just more i would say fun mm-hmm. um Man, but it kind of rips off Denzel Washington's Fallen.
0: Yeah, it seems that episode to me, as soon as, I think it's the second jump. I'm like, okay, this is Fallen. It's exactly what it is.
1: But performance-wise, you have so many good performances (sighs) in that because you can bounce off all these different characters and they're able to do what they do. Mm -hmm. Ethan Embry is incredible in that. It's really well shot. I'm going to say that. The Who of You is the best episode of the season.
0: Now, the, the other thing that I agree that those two episodes are standouts among the best because you get that traditional sense, but there's kind of this newness and this lasting effect for now, Twilight Zone.
1: Who does this better? The idea that I could look at you and transport into your body, or do you like the physical touch? Of that Ah, movie. I always liked the touch. That's creepy to me because you could just glide by somebody.
0: I always thought the touch was scarier because if, and it also, in now hindsight, looking at it, it's almost like, I guess Ethan is invading you.
1: Yeah, exactly. But there are moments in this new one where he's just like, hey, and then an old lady looks at him and he takes over. Yeah. Which is, I think, creepy because again, you are not in control of whatever. You're just like, what am I looking at?
0: And there there's an element to that um, which it's very disturbing but I still I think I have to stick with the touch.
1: I need to rewatch that movie. I remember uh,
0: renting that on VHS when we were or I guess
1: I I think that came out in like 97. So I was pretty young and our parents were just like, "Yeah, rent it." Oh.
0: <laughs> that has one of my favorite duos of movie history and with one John of my Mhm. And it's also my favorite. One of my favorite supporting characters, Jonesy, played by John Goodman.
1: Need to watch again. It's been too long. I just remember Jonesy the cat from Alien, so I have no idea who that is.
0: <laughs> Jonesy. One thing the new episodes got right. Mm, I, I mentioned this. They they feel less political,
1: at least in your face political wise. Uh, episodes seem a little shorter too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those are the two things I think it does. The best it is they listen to people's complaints and I feel like they addressed them and um, they just feel more traditional, whether or not that's good or bad is we've already discussed.
0: I'm going to have to say better writing, better characters, better mysteries, and it capture more of that old school Twilight Zone story structure. And it bridges the gap of reality and sci-fi. I think it does that more in the season without being too on the nose. And I think that that's what I like so much about the originals bridging or the not being on the nose is that Sterling was able to say something, get that point across and make you think about it. Like when you talked about downtime, you had this question of what could it be in terms of like,
1: it's a a very simple plot.
0: Yeah. You would, what you would think is you've created
1: an avatar and this avatar realizes it's not a person.
0: Yeah, and and that, to me, after watching it, I had one idea of what it meant. And then when you asked me that question, I thought about it. And my immediate response is, yeah, that's, you're completely right. I mean, should we just say what it is? Yeah.
1: Because I I feel like I haven't seen this anywhere, so I'm scared to say it. But it is a man, it's a real life man who creates a female avatar who, by all accounts, that we've, come to learn feels more comfortable as this female Mm -hmm. so it's peel's take on being transgender Mm -hmm. being more comfortable with who you are and i think that's a smart way to do it because most people are not i won't say most people a lot of people would watch that and not get that sure and i was thinking what is peel trying to say because he's not stupid right and this is such a basic plot that there's got to be something under the surface and that was my takeaway is that's and maybe it's not, and he's just able to. You can kind of create what you own, what you uh, what you think it means.
0: Well, and that's where I think this episode stands as the best of the season because, with that, you're. I think that you're right because Peel writes in a way that there's more to it, and then you get as you rewatch it more and more and more upon the viewing, which makes him so great for writing and. Rebooting this series, but like whenever I saw it and finished it, I thought, okay, well that's about your dreams, and whenever you have a dream and you go after it and you kind of lose yourself and the process that your old self is gone, and then this new person you created to follow that or pursue that is now alive, and then everything around you has changed, you know those who that are around you have changed and and all of that and that's kind of the way I took it, but I read more into what Peel said in the outro, which was about dreams and when you're dreamed, dream, what, what you'll do to make your dream a reality. But I mean, I think you're right in that. I, that's what makes this series so great is that there are so many meanings and when it's not on the nose, it allows you to make up what it means to you. You might be onto something with that being the best episode of the season. I'm, I've thought a lot about it, and like I said, it's not my favorite, but it's... It's weird, because yeah.
1: it does it seemingly doesn't have any layers, but we were able to come up with multiple ideas of what it could be, and I feel like a lot of these episodes don't do that. Mm-hmm. Next question. Any writer or director that you'd like to see work on an episode next season?
0: Uh, I've got a list of three. I have two writers. I... What do you you have writers and directors or just I will say yeah they're writers and directors for two of them and one just a director these two picks they have to write and direct one is Quentin Tarantino Ooh. I'd love to see what he have to say and what he would do I could see him doing it too and he wants to do something sci-fi he's mentioned that but as you brought up when we are talking about this At work, he said, well, he's directed a few episodes of like CSI or a few other shows, a few episodes on other shows. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see Jordan Peele direct an episode. I know he's written, but I'd love to see him write and direct. And for directing, I'd love to see Steven Spielberg direct an episode. The one reason why? Because he directed an episode of Night Gallery. With Rod oh, Sterling. Juan, mm-hmm. He
1: was involved in the Twilight Zone movie, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I would love to see him kind of return to his roots in that sense.
1: I mean, there's no way on earth he would ever do that. <laughs> he should, though. It's like, why not embrace some of these things and just yeah, do it?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: I wrote down two writers. Number one, Stephen King. I oh. want to see what Stephen King can do. Just write it. That would be good. And then uh, my second writer would be the almighty Damon Lindelof. That's
0: actually a really good
1: pick. Maybe him and Carlton Q's reteam like they did with Lost. I want to see what y'all can come up with.
0: I'd like to see that. That those are really good picks. Who would you rather have between those two? King, King? or Lindelof? Oh wow. For sure.
1: He wrote an episode of the X Files once that a lot of people hate. Yeah. I liked it, but
0: I I've heard about uh, that. It's uh split decision. Did you like it? That episode. Yeah, I, I like think, it. I think it's great. Anything King, I mean, just I think that's why is because King did it, and le- it's like
1: Scully focus is like all about her.
0: Oh, interesting. I think Mulder's like barely in it. Is it later on in the? I series? believe it's
1: season four. Okay, Has I it- that I've been really wanting to rewatch that entire
0: series. I I think I may go back and start after this, mainly because of the Glenn Morgan episode that we got in Ooh. this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Glenn. <laughs> The great Glenn Morgan.
0: um, We'll be talking about that one. Talk about that a little bit. (laughs) All right, so next question. One thing the new episodes could improve upon. I would say make these a little bit shorter. Yeah. Don't go
1: above 30 minutes. Do like 25. That would be... And then I really wouldn't mind if they dived even deeper into sci-fi territory. Get wacky.
0: Yeah.
1: They don't get... There, There's one episode this season um, that I think gets really wacky, and it's not episode 10. It's a different one, but I don't think it's
0: good. Now, speaking on episode 10, the uh, and, and I know that it's Osgood Perkins who wrote and directed that episode, but he, while doing it, uh, part of his original plan with the uh, other EPs they want to go, if it gets picked up for a season three, in that kind of direction where it does dive into this wackiness. Maybe not necessarily comedy. Yeah, it doesn't have to be funny. Just sci-fi and, or even like horror stuff. So I think I think you're on to where the cre- the team behind this, where they want to go with it. I'd agree with you 100% on the um, sh- just shorter, short and sweet.
1: You might be able to do it. more episodes. yeah. You're like 15. Or
0: or 50, like the original series.
1: <laughs> Next question. Yeah. Is Twilight Zone worth subscribing to CBS All Access? One word. Yes. For one month. For one month. For I know. the thing month. is I think I think you can justify spending $10 on it once. Mm-hmm. It does I don't know why you would keep it longer than that at this point. I, I just don't. Even watching, like I'm watching Picard and it's, everything's fine, but it's not worth me paying for every month, sadly.
0: That, There's n- not enough to it. When, when I got that email about getting a month free to like rejoin with CBS All Access, I thought, I mean, this is great, but why are they doing this? Because I've chosen Twilight Zone as my favorite series on CBS.
1: And so, it's the only thing you're watching. So they know that I'd pay for it. And it literally gave you an entire month free. And that was a promotion. It was like Mm -hmm. binge, binge binge month
0: or June binge. How are you making any money? I have no idea. And the thing is, maybe make it free the month before. We're giving CBS all these ideas when, in fact, we're just hoping that they would end up partnering with us. And that's pretty much it. Yeah,
1: it actually doing it in May or a month before would make sense because you can have people watch season one.
0: We're, we're just giving these ideas away. So is it worth subscribing, you think?
1: It's a very light yes, but not beyond. I mean, if you can do a free week, which if you have like an iPhone or something, <laughs> you can. it'll offer you that if you've never done it. I would say
0: seven days max. I would also say in, in addition to that, if you subscribe more than a month, you have two months, you could just buy the collection on Blu-ray and then have it.
1: When it come out though? That might be a while.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I'm not sure.
1: Or just buy like a VPN and download it illegally. Oh! (laughs) We don't condone that. Don't ever do that.
0: Here is a biggie. Oh, no. Best ending and or twist. Mm. I think the ovation twist is actually a lot of
1: fun. Maybe a little bit obvious. I can honestly say I didn't expect it. And it's so obvious after the fact. But... I was like, who's this next, like, big pop star? And it's her freaking sister.
0: <laughs> I, whenever that was building up to it, I didn't expect it to be her sister. But as soon as she threw it away, threw the coin away, I thought, she's the only one that knows where it is. I mean, did she really throw it or did yeah, she, that's she, a good point. she Tossed a rock? She could have just, like, had another coin in her pocket to do that. After all of his, like, foreshadowing that, but.
1: I mean, I, I, I think that's funny because the entire time she's just, like, kind of turning her nose to what her sister's doing. She's mm-hmm. like, it's just music. That's it. And then she, deep down, just wants it so bad.
0: And she goes after it. That Honestly, that, that, was, that was cool. And then you also really enjoyed the peel outro for that.
1: Where he just claps. It's, it's good. You know, that's like a mic drop right there.
0: At, for, honestly, that, that's like, we very We don't true. need to
1: write anything. We're just going to have him clap
0: that is a an outro that after you've talked about it it stuck with me but it's like the perfect outro i feel i mean there's like seven moments in that episode that stick
1: with me that have stuck with me and if i had not said the who of you is the best episode ovation was the other one that was fighting for it it's i think this one's pretty darn good
0: There Also, I just want to point out that uh, Tawny Newsome, who plays Zara, the sister, this is a big year for her. Not only was she featured in this episode, but she was one of the main actresses in Space Force on Netflix.
1: Ooh, didn't watch it. Still haven't seen it.
0: I also just want to point out before moving on from this, Ovation ranks as one of the lowest scored episodes of, which I think is... That's on
1: what? IMDb? Yeah. Well, IMDb's stupid.
0: <laughs> if you're voting on there, you're an idiot. Yeah, there. I, I would say that's off for me. That's, I, I'm going to put it at the end. Well, it's
1: going to be pretty high on my rankings. So if you don't like it, suck it.
0: I broke this down into my favorite twist and then my favorite ending. My favorite twist in terms of like not seeing it coming. I think it belongs to episode five, Among the Untrodden just mm. because I didn't expect the girl to literally crumble into ash because she manifested her based on what she wanted. I thought that but was But
1: how did she like have a room and stuff? I mean, I guess you manifest it and it's a physical being, but how does she get it even into that school? None of it makes any sense.
0: There there are definitely certain things that it like you basically have to dispel all of those questions. <laughs> you to just like literally
1: forget about everything that you had seen in the last like 25 minutes.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it was foreshadowed in earlier on, like maybe midway through. And I thought, all right, there's something to this. And I actually thought it was going to be the reverse way that the other girl, she was going to disappear or that she died. One of them were going to die. And so none of that really happened. But it was it was interesting for that because I didn't expect it to to go the way that it did. My favorite ending, though, has to be downtime, because uh, it's just the fact that you're stuck living in a world that's not your own. And if you just but take, it's all, you know, that's yeah.
1: But would if, you, if you found out you weren't an actual person, you were an avatar and that person was like kaput. Would you just fight to stay who you are right now? I what? think that's scarier than being like, I don't know what comes next.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, and Or that's, not
1: as scary as I don't know what comes next.
0: Uh, well, and, and I started thinking more and more about this idea of if you take it at face value and it is what it is on the surface level, that would be scary to be like, no, or at least like say someone came into work and you think it's like a consultant or someone. And it's kind of like the matrix and your entire world is shattered and turned upside down. That'd be, I don't, I don't even know. Like while watching this, I thought this is so, so crazy to think like, how would you respond in that moment? Would you stay?
1: It would be an awesome like prank to pull on somebody (laughs) if you had like 40 people involved and you're just trying to trick one person into thinking that they're not real.
0: We should do that at work and like we have this siren and everyone turns and stares up (laughs) at the sun. <laughs> and they're like a new person, just like, "What's happening?" And we're like, "You're not a real person anymore." And then it's we just say it's world maintenance time, and we just look up at the sky. Downtime. That that ending just really stuck with me for a lot of different reasons. Man, but... you're
1: really hyping. I I'm just looking at my rankings now, thinking
0: I gotta do a little adjustment. <laughs> it sounds like I'm, I'm hyping it up. It's for good sure, but... though. It's a good episode. Yeah. Next Downtime. question.
1: Yeah. What a Jordan Pill knows what he's doing. Believe it or not. <laughs> Uh, season one or season two, which is
0: more bingeable? Ooh.
1: I had- You got one th- season that was bingeable. One season, we were not given that chance.
0: I may, here's the thing. I've binged season two and I'm going to be biased. It's season two.
1: It's hard. It's hard though, because we didn't get to do it with the first one.
0: Exactly. And I want to do that with season one now and see if rewatching it in one sitting that I am able- to sit down and watch them all for, like I did with season two.
1: I mean, I agree. I think it's season two because content wise, it's a little fluffier than season one. Ooh, this looks like a fat one. This This is is a fat, long one.
0: We've got first question, best performance of this season. Mm. And then the second part, season one or season two, which had a better cast list?
1: Best performance. We mentioned The Who of you having like a lot of knockout performances. Mm -hmm. Nothing was better than Jimmy Simpson in Meet in the Middle.
0: He is freaking incredible. 100% agreed. That's my pick too.
1: I said because he's both endearing and very scary in a matter of seconds. And then the entire episode hinges on him because Gillian Jacobs is in it, but she's only in it for maybe two minutes.
0: (laughs) Did that make you sad? I was
1: ticked. (laughs) I got to hear her voice though.
0: Yeah, so it was like this major tease. So you felt a little bit you like know what, Jimmy.
1: You know what's frustrating too is on the preview still for this episode, it's Gillian with the child. So you know we're going to see her, but we mm. don't see her for 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then they're in the still, they're clearly upset about something. So that's frustrating. Yeah, Just put stills of just, like, the logo. We don't need to see that crap.
0: Yeah, I I agree. But Jimmy Simpson, off the charts good. I have to ask you something. Have you seen the movie Her with Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, for sure. Is Meet in the Middle like Her? I've heard a few comparisons. Okay. Because then I was going to ask who's better, Joaquin or Jimmy.
1: I mean, it's similar... But he, Joaquin knows he's dealing with something that's not real. Okay. I guess my thing is, if I was Jimmy in this character, in this character in this movie, <laughs> in this movie, if I'm Jimmy's character in this TV show, this episode, he's like off having these conversations with Jacob's character, and people are looking at him funny because he doesn't have headphones or anything. Mm-hmm. I would just put earbuds in because then yeah. you're at, and it looks like you're just communicating with somebody
0: through that. You already look crazy enough with earbuds and talking,
1: but then you, but somebody looks at at you and they're like, "Oh, he's clearly talking to somebody." Right,
0: it makes it better. That's for and
1: sure. And he looked like a freaking psychopath.
0: Man, I loved him in that. He was, and it hinges on him making that believable, one hundred percent believable. I feel
1: so, Jimmy. Two votes. Yes,
0: absolutely. Give
1: this man an Oscar at the twenty twenty one Oscars.
0: Well, you know, Camille ended up getting like honored for his work on season one. And it was some some accolade. I can't remember what it was exactly. But Jimmy should also get at least recognition. Now, which season do you think season one or two had the better cast?
1: Season one for sure.
0: Yeah, A I way agree. better cast
1: yeah. overall. And that's incredible to say because season two has Joel McHale. Oh,
0: and we <laughs> we get a lot of Joel McHale too. But no, he wasn't shirtless.
1: Well, he's in like the Antarctic or whatever. Yeah. It's very cold. That would make him look better though. Make that body tight. (laughs) Yeah. Next question. Biggest disappointment. And I assume this means biggest disappointment episode wise or just anything.
0: It could be anything. We've already discussed it for me that, and I I could cover, I've got an answer for both.
1: Mine, I only did just biggest disappointment episode wise. And you and I have talked about this. Glenn Morgan is crazy talented. Mm -hmm. And last year he delivered, I think, one of the best episodes with A Traveler. Mm -hmm. But his episode this season is a whiff. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and the fact that he had the audacity to bring Joel McHale into Mm -hmm. it, for shame, Glenn.
0: And Rod Serling. He ended up getting Rod Rod Serling's voice. As soon as it started, I thought, okay, we are off to a great start. And we've got Joel McHale. We haven't even seen him yet. Oh, the episode is called Eight, by the way. Eight.
1: But his episode is a massive disappointment because it
0: doesn't do anything. Yeah. it. Oh, man, you keep expecting something. and
1: <laughs> Like what? Poop?
0: Yeah. But, man, that was... I, I have to say, biggest disappointment in the overall, like, for episodes, I'm on the same page as you. But... One thing that disappointed me was the peel green screen thing, like the intro he's, outros.
1: He's a busy man, though. He This is. is
0: my thing. If he's
1: busy and still able to do what he can, I can put up with it. If this yeah. was just like, I don't want to do this anymore, that's another thing. But we know that it's not that. Let the man work on a new horror
0: film. Here is a question I was trying to bury toward the end. And since we've made a good dent into the question. do You want to save it? No, we can't. We can cover it now. Would you want a season three? Yes, absolutely. Don't stop doing it. I, I think we need a season three. Just keep it coming.
1: I mean, how much does this cost to do a season, I wonder? And how much... I mean, do a lot of people get CBS All Access? I feel like you could almost just bring it to CBS. I, they
0: should. Clean it up a little bit. hmm well, And then um, people would tune in, I feel like. Well, especially in this COVID world, I don't see any problem with just editing down the language and the which, violence. A
1: lot of these episodes, there's not a lot of bad language.
0: No, it's not. It's not bad. I and well, compared to season one, which was like a Tarantino film. <laughs> yeah, especially the comedian. Good, but yeah, it was a Tarantino. So it's actually this would be Tarantino's wheelhouse with the language.
1: He, he would take full advantage. How many questions do we have
0: left? I think like three, four, something like that. Any actors you'd like to see in season three? Yeah. I've got, once again, to the writer-director, I've broken this down, and I've got an old school, kind of like an up-and-coming, but he's big, I would say, now. And then two others that are kind of wild cards, but I'd like to see them because they're comedians. First up, Kurt Russell. I'd -hmm. love to bring him on board just for, like, this old school. He'd do it. Yeah, he would. John David Washington is oh. my up-and-comer, although, like I said, he's still kind of like a big name. He's already made, made a name for himself. And then comedian-wise, I'd like to see Kevin Hart and Issa Rae mm. because you, I'm, can,
1: you can have those.
0: <laughs> I, I'm an Issa fan, but with both of them being comedians and in that, I'd like to see what they'd be able to deliver and do.
1: Two words for you. Chris Pine.
0: That's all I need. I thought about going with Chris Evans too. But I'm like, nah. He's gotta deal with Apple. He can't he can't work with <laughs> I brought up earlier Tom Hanks, but too big. He's yeah, exactly. Too arrogant. <laughs> Ooh, here we go. Worst episode. We've already covered it, I think. And the biggest disappointment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was tempted to say for a worst episode you might also like. Yeah. But actually, no, I didn't say my worst episode. I think the, the worst episode is a human face. Yeah. You it's, know, it's an interesting premise that doesn't do anything. I hated it. I like Christopher Maloney a lot, but he his character was annoying.
0: Yeah. I
1: wanted him to die.
0: I like Jenna Elfman in it, but once again, it was, it was okay. It wasn't my least favorite, but I'm going to have to say... The worst episode, eight, just because like Mm. when I saw Glenn Morgan on that, I thought. I mean, that makes it worse. Just the fact that he
1: did something that's just literally poo-poo pie.
0: And eight, I get the fact that they want to do a throwback creature feature like Mm. The Thing, but it just didn't like. There's nothing to it. No. All right. A better
1: overall season one or two?
0: Man, overall, I'll have to say season two. I think they ended up putting more for actors, for the shots. They put more thought into season one to tie them all together in a unique way. But there are more – I liked more episodes out of season two. I think the writing is is better, more traditional in that sense uh, for being more mysterious. I should say that. And that, that's why I have to pick season two.
1: I'm saying season one. Ooh. I think I kind of realized that ranking them, I was – I had a hard time ranking these because there's a a handful of these I just don't like. Well – I just – I like the the way they all connect in season one too and all the Easter eggs, even though it maybe doesn't build to something crazy. Now that these don't have that as well, I don't know. Something about season one I just go back to. But maybe if I watched it again, I would be really –
0: <laughs> I'm cr- I'm really curious how that will will end up. Mm, it's hard like setting just with time.
1: For sure we could take both seasons and just make like the ultimate season. Yeah, by just picking you know from here and there yeah. of, of both, but maybe That's
0: honestly that's what I would say if you could merge season 1 and 2, you'd have the greatest hits of both. But this is what's great about anthology is one episode might blow Mm-hmm.
1: But you get a completely fresh start in the second episode or the next episode.
0: Well, and, and two, one argument that I came across a lot online from critics, it's the fact that with the original series, there were so many episodes in one season that if it was a stinker, it wasn't bad. Like that season wasn't bad because you had so many episodes to make up for that. Whereas if you just have 10, that ends up having greater weight because you have less episodes. And I never thought of it that way before. But speaking of episodes, let's go ahead and rank them. Mm. And let's start at the bottom, going to the top.
1: Number 10, a human face. Big pile of... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, while while doing this, I almost said you might also like, but I think more and more about this episode for reasons that we'll get into right after this. I have to go with eight. I have As to, your least favorite? Yep. Mm. Episode... Title eight.
1: Uh my number nine so near the bottom is eight. Not good.
0: Yeah, it's it's sad. If number nine for me is you might also like.
1: Okay. That's
0: which, that's my number eight. Which that is the most um divided episode and I would say the least liked episode of this new season.
1: No, I wanna point out you I, I I liked the Twilight Zone. I didn't know this was a sequel of any kind. I I recognized the aliens. I thought that was a throwback. I didn't know this was a sequel. So watching it, I was confused.
0: I was checked out of this episode. And maybe it's because it was the last episode. But I was also, I started texting you about the season. And so I kind of prematurely got ahead of myself. So I semi-checked out. And then as soon as the, uh, the Martians appeared, I was back in it. And... So I, I really want to return to this and watch it paired up to the original episode that it's a sequel to. I've not done that yet. Double but, feature. Yeah, it would be a good double feature. Number eight for me would be a human face.
1: Hey, so, all right. We have the same three, just in a different order.
0: <laughs> yeah. With this number seven is going to get pretty scary.
1: Number seven might surprise you because you, you texted that you thought I would really like this episode. It's among the untrodden. Not a great episode.
0: Well, like you said, there's the obvious plot holes. But I I
1: mean, I love the setting. You know, I love school stuff. Um, I like stuff that I think is leading into like witchcraft or the occult. But this one just, you know what I didn't like? Bunch of like teen girls.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that that got a little old. It was mean girls. It was 100% mean girls in a Catholic school and the Twilight Zone. I I liked it, but for me, number seven happens to be Ovation. Oh, wow. Yeah. So basically 10 through eight, I am like, it's like, okay, but very bottom of okay. Like very bottom. Now we're in the, from I'd say seven to five, it's the, okay, this is good. And then I would argue my top four are great. Hmm. So my
1: 7 through 10 for me is the bottom. So this bottom next this next one is, we're getting into ones I like, and it's try, try. Okay. I just feel like by the end of that episode, it felt like it was going on too long. Yep. And... I feel, I don't know, the, the ending didn't give me a good punch. Yeah, I was, I was expecting a better
0: ending as well.
1: Or some sort of satisfying conclusion, though I do like that it just resets and then Topher's just like scared to, <laughs> <laughs> to do anything with this person.
0: Yeah, while watching that, I thought, this is really cool. And before I even knew, I thought, what would it be like if they did a Groundhog's Day, but a sinister one? And they did. I'm like, this is awesome. I, I was really into it for that reason. But you, you like this episode, though. It's like... Yeah, it's oh, good. It okay. I like it. For me, number six is Among the Untrodden.
1: Mm, number five, Downtime. Oh! A little low, but as we've talked about, it actually moved up a slot
0: because I originally had Try Try above it. So did while we were talking, did you re-rank it then? You ended yeah, up... Yeah, that's the only one I've re-ranked. Everything else is uh, okay. as, as I had done it. So my number five... Is try, try.
1: Okay. You and I are just like flip-flopping everything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Minus downtime, which I think is going to be very high for you. Number four, small town. Good performances. Kind of some callbacks to uh, Maple Street, I felt like at times. Mm -hmm. Another one that doesn't quite stick the landing for me. But I love the idea of it. And just this, this person that is like, what can I do to help this improve this small town?
0: Did you know that episode was written by someone who has worked on the Outer Limits and the Twilight Zone previous seasons? Not the OG, but all the other previous Twilight Zone seasons.
1: I did not know that. Who is mm-hmm.
0: it? I'd have to look up his name. No, but don't worry about he, it. He has written for the others, but it's not a lot of episodes. It's just like one or two episodes here and there. But it did, A Small Town seemed kind of Outer Limits-y to me. Teeny Town with Damon Wayans. Junior. He, oh man, he was great. He almost took best performance for me. Almost. I thought he was excellent in that. May, it may be my favorite role of his period. It was just that good. This is going to be a big surprise to you, but number four for me is downtime.
1: Hmm. I mean, that's one down for me. It's not that surprising. <laughs> <sighs> want me to go to number three? Yeah. Ovation. Top three. Ovation, baby. Ooh. So top three for me is just like
0: top tier. Okay. Would you say you loved these? Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah, I. I mean, I think uh, Journey Smollett's Bell is really
0: great. She was great. Uh, yeah, she was. She was fantastic in that role. I. I love seeing her. I love the clapping stuff when she's just like being haunted by
1: clapping, and it's the guy on the hospital. Like he's literally <laughs> having surgery, and he just starts clapping because it's creepy. It's just you're haunted by people that love you and you can't escape it. And, she could literally fart into a microphone, and they would clap for hours.
0: <laughs> and it's so weird and so creepy. Oh, man, I love that. Yeah, I, I she was great. And that guy in the bed, I thought, oh, man, that's so cheesy, Twilight Zone, but it's so good. The surgery, dude? Yeah, so it's What's good. funny,
1: they showed him, I go, it'd be awesome if he clapped, and he started doing it. And it is, it comes across as this huge joke, but it's, that's the thing. Yep. It's just absurdity.
0: Man, I love it. That's so good. I'm glad you brought that up. Number three for me is a small town. I just, I love the idea. I love that question that the kid asks um, Damon at the very beginning of this, which he says, has it brought you closer to God? And he like stares off without saying anything.
1: Yeah, we, yeah, we don't know. And That's it's good. just like,
0: there's so much I liked about it. I could see where the ending doesn't quite land uh, as, as like tough or as, as hard of a punch as what it could have, but I still liked it. It was good. It would have been crazier, though, if there was, like, this gold was found and then the mayor, like, had a resurgence because he, like, claimed it as his own or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I still really liked it.
1: Number two, the who of you. Ooh.
0: That's, oh, man, Meet in the Middle is my number two. Oh. Which is surprising to me, I feel. But I, it's, st- this season started off so good when, before, like, turning it on, I'm like, all right, here we go. I was, like, kind of mentally preparing myself. And as the Who or Meet in the Middle went on, I kept thinking, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. This is so
1: good. I think I had texted you and was just like, this first episode is really well shot.
0: Well shot, well acted. Um, It's very bare bones, but that's like a traditional Twilight Zone. But uh, more reason to love it.
1: What's your number two? Oh, Meet in the Middle. Okay, so that's obviously my
0: number one. Do you have anything else to say about meet in the Middle? No, I Uh, just
1: think the season starts off with the best. And again, Jimmy Simpson just saves this thing. doesn't save it. That implies that it's not good. He just makes... He elevates it.
0: Yeah, he... His performance is just... I I really think he needs to get nominated for something.
1: Oscar 2021.
0: Yeah. They don't have anything else better
1: to do. We could... I mean, we could nominate him for like a QC award. That would...
0: Yeah, actually, we should. Best actor in a T-Zone app. Now, I think he's deserving of that. The Who of You takes my number one for all the reasons we've discussed before. And it reminded me of following like what you said. But it's just like it requires these. It jumps and it just keeps building. But the only downside, the only downside I see to this is if they cut it just a little, like cut it shorter. Keep it, keep it tighter. That's my only complaint.
1: Gotta keep that body tight.
0: Yeah, just like Joel McHale. Good ep, though. Man, that's it was interesting that, like you said, we just kept flip-flopping. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the big bold choice of this season to do a sequel episode. And as I said earlier, there wasn't this idea to remake any episode, but instead they decided to turn you might also like into the sequel of the OG. Episode 2, Serve Man. That's from Season 3, Episode 24. That ranks as one of the highest Twilight Zone episodes of all time. and the top, like, 20. Possibly even the top 10, according to some lists.
1: I mean, don't you think before this new episode they should have had a note and
0: just said, go watch that episode? Honestly, they should have. I think that would help out a lot. Yeah, because for me, not knowing that, and watching it for the first time, like I said, I was like, eh, this is like bad. I see what they're doing because it's the first episode of this reboot to go full fledged, over the top, zany Twilight Zone. And it's like a slapstick, comedic episode, similar to what Rod would do from time to time. But this, I mean, I liked it at times. But, uh, and at first I thought, okay, this is all it's going to be. And then the big reveal comes later on that it's a sequel. I just want to point out that this was written and directed by Ozgood or Oz Perkins, the son of Anthony Perkins. I had no idea until you text me that.
1: Yeah, he's been peeping on uh, girls. Oh, what? Really? In, in motels, yeah.
0: <gasps> like his my daddy. Oh, my gosh. He is no. Oh, his dad wasn't actually Norman Bates. I get it mm-hmm. now. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Yep. Norman Bates. Oz is known for his work on Gretel and Hansel. Did you see that? Me too. Looks awesome. Uh actually I I did end up seeing that uh late one night and I liked it. It, it wasn't like great, but I liked it. The from what I saw in the trailer, the camera shots looked incredible. Mm-hmm. Lighting in it is very good. Oz baby. Yeah. And then he also did The Black Coat's Daughter, which eh I liked that a lot. I I need to go back and rewatch it because I'm very like eh but I after after watching it and then knowing what certain things was about, I'm like, Okay, well then I missed the point. I need to go back and rewatch this.
1: There's a moment late in the film, like at the furnace, that terrified me.
0: That actually oh, freaked me out. I know where you're talking about, yeah. And I've
1: recreated it, you know, before <laughs> the movements and uh it scares me.
0: Do you think you would play a joke uh, on Lexi, your wife, with like trying to recreate that She somehow?
1: wouldn't know what it is.
0: <laughs> She's <laughs> never like, even heard of it. <laughs> She's like, Drew, get away from that, that uh, furnace. I had the bow before. You might also like is steeped in 1950s style, leave it to beaver look, the aesthetics, and it follows Mrs. Warren, who thinks something is amiss. And after she finds out that she's being taken by Martians, that she ties herself down. And then we get the big reveal and confrontation with the original Kahneman, Martians. And she speaks to their leader. Uh, The episode attempts to take the next step in the evolution of the Kahnemans, which is basically global takeover. And we last saw them and to serve man. But we also see them in Easter eggs. There is Kano Munch, which is the cereal. Get into that in the Easter eggs. And that's sprinkled throughout season two and season one of this reboot to serve man. And you know the, the big twist, though, on that, right? Doesn't come to mind. <laughs> okay. I'm, I kind of don't know if I want to tell you. Since is, that, a, is,
1: is that episode on a streaming service mm-hmm. at the moment?
0: Netflix and CBS, All access both.
1: All right, don't tell me then. Okay. I'll watch it.
0: So I won't won't reveal what that is, but there's the big reveal at the end of that episode, like, oh my gosh, this is what is going to happen. Now, while I think this is a bold attempt to create a sequel episode, which is awesome. I love that idea. I think it's a failed attempt to do so. And I really think that this episode and Human Face... Should have switched their chaos this chaos subplot in elevating both of those stories, and I'll get into that really quick because i just i feel like if we get a sequel episode, the first episode to Serve Man was very it was it was a straight episode it was not a slapstick comedic Twilight Zone episode they didn't play like Serling was not trying to. Write it and be like over the top, like this was. But it's almost, I, I kept write, reading that Oz Perkins created this and le- he was leaning into that purposely to play that up even more because he's like, I can't make anything as good as Serling <laughs> did. Mm. I think with human face, since it covers loss and grief, and you might also like is about desire to consume, which ends up consuming us, or more directly, the Martians consuming us. I think that here's what. Like one simple thing that could be done. A human face keeps everything except for whenever they let their guard down. They go out and it's revealed that the world is in chaos. We could end up getting foreshadows of this in a radio broadcast, a TV broadcast that's on in the background, and they're working and moving out the house. But regardless, we get that they are like now oblivious to this chaos because they finally got their daughter back. That could have made that episode better. And they're looking the other way to get the one thing that they wanted. Mm -hmm. I think that would have made that episode so much better. And then you take part of this episode, which is from you might also like give it to that episode. But then you might also like keep the egg and the main protagonist realizing that something's wrong. But instead have these Martians control the chaos and the message about the egg. And then it's pushing that people want to get this egg. But the reason why they want the egg is to replace the person they lost in their life. So, therefore, they're like replacing this person that the Martians took to eat, but yet they're replacing them with this egg, which in turn becomes a Martian that eats them. So, it is kind of this, I guess, double meaning, if you will. But I think the egg serves as like a chia pet that you raise, and instead of like coming out of the egg and it killing you, You like let it into your life, raise it, and then the big twist is that it's really a Martian in the form, shape, and appearance of someone who you lost. And that ends up leading to the evolution of those Martians and humans, but also the demise of the human race. Just a few thoughts I know that was like me rambling on and just all jargon, Uh, but it's a great attempt. It just seems to fail.
1: We need to send that to
0: Osgood. Yeah, and then let him know, and then he's going to write back with the big two letters (laughs) "FU." Nice try. He sends a like a photo of his pay stub. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, like... (laughs) all right. Let's move on to Easter eggs. Did you write any down by chance? Nope, this is all you. This is going to take 20 minutes, by the way. Uh, as I went back, I found more and more Easter eggs, and it's chocked full. So as I mentioned, the Kano Munch, uh, the, which is the Martian cereal, it's the Frosted Kano Munch. It's in reference to Serve Man. That's in episode one. Did you notice that the apartment for Jimmy, it looked a little bit like Camille's apartment in uh, The Comedian? Vaguely, it was woody. A lot of wood. They reused a lot of sets in season two, and the purpose was to make it seem like something's off, like, oh, we've been here before, kind of like this deja vu, but not only with sets, but props. Like in 8, the episode with Joel McHale, portholes that you see, uh, which it looks like they're windows to the outside world, that was also in reference not only to Nightmare, but in, like, the bus stop and the comedian. So they ended up using a lot of those different props throughout this hmm. uh, to kind of play, play in on that. Smith's Groceries, Where Phil Works, ripped from Time Enough at Last.
1: So how does he work at a grocery store and he affords that place?
0: I have no idea. That was maybe the episode's biggest conundrum. He must he must have, like, some savings stashed back. Um, Mr. Mr. Dingle's Ice Cream is... A place that Phil visits, and that's from a Burgess Meredith episode, Mr. Dingle the Strong, which Mm -hmm. you'll also notice comes back throughout the entire season as Dingle moving, moving since 1959. Every episode we got Dingle. And... The other great thing is moving since 1959. Their motto—it's because the original Twilight Zone came out then. Love's hard.
1: <laughs> what? How many? What Easter are we still on? Episode one.
0: Yeah, but now moving. Oh, for crap's yeah, sake! Yeah. Now moving to two. So you saw the Maple Street sign, right? Yeah. Obviously, to uh, Monsters Are Due. We return to the Busy Bee Diner uh, from Nick of Time and last season. Uh, that also shows up in the episode of small town and the ship. Did you notice that the ship did, did it look like something to you or not necessarily
1: the ship in um, episode downtime?
0: hmm. Mm, uh, no. Throughout this entire season eyeballs, like the reference to eyeballs kept popping up. And this is the most blatant of them all, but it is in reference to the original eyeball and the opening sequence And so you see that in everything, but it's designed in that way. And then as she is running through the streets, you see a flash to a 1956 Ford Fairlane Club sedan from the episode You Drive of season five, episode 14. And Whipple headset. We're back to Whipple. Whipple. Episode three, we get time enough at last on a cardboard poster on the stair steps. The girls on the steps are wearing a St. Mary's jacket from Untrodden. And once again, we get more foreshadowing to the eyeball. And also the invaders. That was artwork on the bottom of the skateboard of the guy as the officer ran by as soon as um, he jumped to his body. We also see many robots and pictures in the boy's room later on the episode. And it's just basically illustrating where those twilight zone episodes went later on in the og series and like traveling to space and whatnot um and let's see here we get once the ovation episode arrives we get the minex that's the magazine cover you know that appears in a couple of episodes we also get the devil bobblehead uh, in the graffiti as well as actual devil bobblehead in a small town And then we get various props from the original series that are sprinkled throughout episodes from this point forward, including symbols, a World War II helmet that was used. And my favorite Easter egg has to go to the episode A Human Face, which is the clown. And that is an actual character from five characters in search of an exit. We get a lot more whipples and also a lot of alien invasion foreshadowing, including in an alien face, a lot of dialogue including tool or weapon and conquest or conquer, and the difference between those two words, and that's from to serve man. That's gonna do it for the Easter eggs. No, there's probably a lot more that you're just not saying. I'm actually reading through this, and a lot of them start to repeat themselves. But I mean, like I said, Dingle moving is mentioned, and I'm kind of going over a lot of those that uh, are shared among episodes as well. I mean, we probably. Oh, oh, the big one. This is the final one. It's Rod Serling's voice, which is from the Life Aquatic or the Undersea World of Jacques Cousteau. How many of those did you spot? Six of them. Six of them.
1: Surprisingly, you. a
0: lot of those because maybe you can't pinpoint where, but like the devil
1: sure. thing. I, I remember that. Yeah. Did you notice in uh, it was a small town? There's a real quick shot of some stuff, some like a little what appears to be dirt on the snow. It's actually Seth Rogen's pubes
0: that they sprinkled. The biggest Easter egg of them all. Never knew pubes sprinkles from from Rogen. Seth Rogen. He's he returned. We just didn't see him in person. Well, film and Twilight Zone fans, that's gonna do it for us on this episode. Tune in to the next podcast in which we will be covering community. Back to TV. What? Yep, Joel McHale. Season four? Season four, it's that time. One word.
1: Underrated. <laughs> Underrated.
0: I don't even know if I have anything to say other than Gaslink. <laughs> jeez i don't think it's as bad as what everyone the the community diehards they say that it's bad community diehards hate it if you're a Harmon head you hate it probably i mean i'm a Harmon head but i i just want to say that it's not as bad as what i was expecting and you'll have to tune in to see what we have to say about that all in all thanks for joining us and until next time keep watching